you will, for the numbers, numbers 21 this morning, numbers 21, and uh, just try to give you a whole job on my heart today, numbers 21, a very familiar text of scripture to you. Uh, but just what the Lord's got on my heart this week. Numbers 21, and uh, begin reading in verse number 1. Numbers 21, and begin reading in verse number 1. When you find your places, stand with me if you can, and able and honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Numbers 21, and verse number 1. The Bible said, When King Arad, the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tale that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites. They utterly destroyed them and their cities, and he called the name of the place Hormah. They journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. People spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. Much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. Moses prayed for the people. Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, set upon a pole. It shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. Moses made a serpent of brass, put upon a pole, and it came to pass that if any serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in Oboth. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should do love you this morning. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege, God, the honor to be back in your house once again. Lord, I pray to help us. We look into your word together today. Lord, I pray to meet every need. Lord, if I be one discouraged, would you encourage your heart today? Lord, we're walking forward in the way. God, I pray to draw close to you once again. Lord, I pray most of all, if I be one of the midst this morning, lost on them without you. Lord, would you save them for everlasting too late? We'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Be Brother Noah's, he's over at Welcome View. Lord, I pray you preach him in parent demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray you'd use him. Give him souls for his labor. Lord, we'll thank you. Praise you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. And thank you for standing with me. Now, I was out on the pier this week. And uh, it, was, it was just a beautiful, Elaine, beautiful sunset that evening. And uh, everybody on the pier had been talking about how beautiful the sunset was. And uh, I don't even know if Kim and the boys heard it, but... Uh, on down from us pretty good way, this, this woman, uh, was fishing and her husband was there with her and he kindly nudged her, John, and he said, would you look at that? And, uh, she said, what? He said, would you look at that? She said, what? And I thought, dear God, look at it, woman, let's look at it. And, uh, he finally said, would you look at that? And she said, what? And he said, the sunset. And, uh, here's what she said. She said, oh yeah, I hadn't even noticed. She said, now that's living. And, I don't know, I, I, at the time I didn't think that much about it, but it seemed like coming home yesterday, the Lord brought that back to my mind, that uh, once she saw that sunset, she said that, now that's living, and uh, it seemed like the Holy Ghost run that through my mind several times on the way home, and 
Uh, then I got to think about this text in, our, in the scripture here. The Bible said, verse number 8, notice what the Bible said. And the Lord said to Moses, make thee a fiery serpent, set upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. If the Lord had hit me this morning for a little while, I preach on this thought, look uh, and live. What about that? Now, uh, we'll, we'll look into a little bit more detail here in a minute, but we know that uh, the account here, the, the Lord sent these fiery serpents and uh, evidently from what the scripture tells us that Ronald, it was a death sentence uh, if any man was bitten by one of these serpents. Uh, uh, the Bible said, uh, uh, let's see, the Bible said in verse number uh, where am I at now? Verse number six, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people had sat. And so then the Bible said they come to Moses, asked him to pray, and God tells him to make a fiery serpent up on a pole, and had to tell the people if they look, they can live. Now, let's notice with me, if you would, the uh, situation here in our text. Now, uh, there's a lot we could go back and look at. <coughs> Uh, you go back to chapter 20. Uh, Miriam dies in verse number 1. Uh, verse number 2, on down through about verse number 13. Uh, they, there's no water. God holds us and against Aaron. And the people chose Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we died uh, when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into this witness that we have our cattle? We have our cattle. Moses saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron, thy brother. Speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, this shall give forth his water. Thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. Uh, so shalt so, so shall, thou shalt give that he, Moses didn't uh, speak to the rock. He smote the rock. And because of that, Moses didn't enter into the promised land. But uh, you'll find this all throughout the children of Israel. Things are not going that way up. Not against Moses and Aaron, against the Lord. Uh, uh, in fact, they've gone so far as to say they would to God. They've just died for the God that uh, I mean, why'd God, why'd you bring us this far just to die here? Uh, and then God sends them water out of a rock. Isn't that amazing? Uh, in fact, but they, God provided, and uh, then you'll find them go a little while, things will begin to pick out. And then uh, we get on down to verse 14. Notice with me if you would. Uh, I'm not reading it all to you, but I, I just want to give you an idea of what's happening in our text. Uh, uh, get on down to verse number 14. Uh, you find that uh, they refused passage through Edom. So now they're going to have to. Go another way. Then you get on over uh, into verse 23, now through the remainder of the chapter, and uh, you'll find that Aaron, the high priest, is dying, and God sets up his replacement. So Miriam's died. They've got no water. They've been refused the easier passage. And now Aaron's died, and there's a new high priest, and things just are not going all that great for him. <laughs> verse number 1 of chapter 21. When King Arad the king that which dwelt in the south heard, I tell that Israel came by the way of the spies and he fought against Israel, took some of them prisoners. Now, uh, things are just not going well. Now all this in chapter 20. God, now they're in a battle. Uh, some of them took prisoners. Verse 2, Israel vowed a vow, and the Lord said, If thou wilt need to deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. Lord, hearken to the voice of Israel. And delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and, and he called the name of the place Hormon. Now, uh, so once again, things don't look good. They call on the Lord, uh, and he delivers them, things pick up. Uh, uh, but it's a constant struggle. It's a constant warfare. Uh, 
Uh, then watch what your Bible said in verse 4. This is interesting to me. Uh, and they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea uh, to come past the land of Eden. Now remember, they've been refused passage through Edom. So now, John, they're going to have to go around Edom. Uh, uh, so things are not going like they thought it would. And the soul of the people was much discouraged uh, because of the way. Notice the situation. Things just are not going good. Seems like every step we take forward, they're taking two, two steps back. And by the time we get to Numbers 21, verse 4, uh, the Bible said that the soul of the people was much discouraged uh, uh, because of the way. Uh, uh, I got to thinking about that this week. And, uh, there's several Kirk applications that could be made. Uh, in fact, I really, in my own flesh, wanted to preach this morning uh, on the relationship between the pastor and the people. You'll see that in the text as we go through it. Uh, if the Lord will let me, I'll make a couple of mentions of that. Uh, uh, we could talk about Nancy's uh, struggle in our Christian life sometimes. And you'll see that in the text. And sometimes it uh, just seems like things go wrong. And uh, if you're not careful, your soul of the people are getting discouraged uh, uh, along the way because of the way. But uh, what's really on my heart this morning, if the Lord hit me, I, I, I want to look at the children of Israel as a picture of a sinner. Now, uh, I realize, of course, they've crossed over the Red Sea. I understand that. I, I understand they've been brought out of Egypt. I understand typically uh, in typology that we'd have looked at them as already wandering in the wilderness. Uh, uh, they've been redeemed out of Egypt. I understand that. But if you let me this morning, I'd like to preach on uh, uh, this look in Leah from the aspect of uh, the children of Israel being a sinner. And I got to thinking about, man, sometimes I don't get any joy out of it, Leona, but uh, we all can think of somebody in our minds when I see this. Uh, but I got to think about people that are lost, and uh, I don't mean that derogatory, they're just lost. They just, yeah. They've never been seen. And uh, sometimes I'll step back and I look at their life, uh, and man, it just seems like uh, that everything they do is like one step forward, two steps back. Uh, I mean, it just seems like everything goes wrong. Uh, it seems like they're struggling and maybe uh, Jessica, they don't even see it themselves sometimes. Uh, uh, but I mean, eventually, if you sit back and look at it long enough, you know what I found out? Uh, eventually, they'll just get to the place they're sick of. Yeah, right. Uh, not right. Uh, eventually, they'll just get to the place they're sick of. Uh, I know a fella right now got saved not too long ago. I talked to him a few weeks ago now. Uh, and he told me, he said, Preacher, I'll be honest with you. He said, you know what, really? That got me to the place I went to church. I said, no, I don't have any idea. And he said, I, I started out drinking beer. And he said, I started out, then I went from beer, started drinking liquor. And then uh, from that, I went to a little bit more. And he said, from that, I went to smoking dope. And uh, from that, I went to popping pills. And from that, I went to doing this and doing this and doing this. Uh, and he said, eventually, it just dawned on me uh, uh, that there was nothing going to solve what I was trying to solve. Uh, Right. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, uh, uh, his heart, uh, uh, the Bible said that the soul uh, of the people, verse 4, notice what the language said. The Bible said how uh, the soul of the people was much discouraged uh, uh, because of the way. That's what that man told me. Uh, he said, Eventually, I just got tired of living like I was living. Uh, Eventually, I just realized there must be something more. Uh, oh my, I say that day in the life of a sinner. Uh, when they just get tired of living like they're living. Uh, when they realize there must be something more. Uh, 
and that there must be something better than this. And that's the situation we find ourselves in here in our text. They eventually, the Bible said, the soul of the people became much discouraged, listen to this, because of the way. Now here they are. They've come out of Egypt, no doubt thought this would be a pretty easy trip. <coughs> now they've come to Edom. Passage has been denied. They're not going to be able to make a straight shot through Edom. So now, England, they're going to have to go back to the Red Sea uh, and traverse around it to get through Edom. Well, it's the time of the journey. The Bible said that the soul of the people came much discouraged because of the way. I, I've seen that from time to time. Uh, man, just, just, just the fact of the life that they're living, the way that they're living, if you would, uh, the heart of the people become much discouraged. And that's the situation in our text. Now, that, that's, that's in some ways a good thing. They finally just got tired of living the way they're living. Things are, yeah. They're not happy with the way things are going. The problem comes in verse number 5. Watch what your Bible says. Verse number 5. And the people, now remember these people are heart for the people much discouraged because of the way. Verse 5, and the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread, neither is there any water. Now hang on this man. I understand that the Bible said uh, over here in verse number 2 of chapter 20, and there was no water for the congregation. Is that right? Mm -hmm. But when there was no water, God caused water to come out of a rock. Is that right? Yeah. Fight! Watch what your Bible said in verse number 5. Last part of verse 5, chapter 21. They said there, neither, there is no bread, neither is there any water. Well, God sent them water out of a rock. Now watch this. And our soul loatheth this light bread. When there was no bread, Michelle, God sent manna from heaven. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. When there was no water, God made water come out of a rock. Yeah. But now, children of Israel, the Bible said, speak, speak against God and against Moses. So there's no bread. Well, that's a lie. Is that right? No water. That's a lie. Yeah. And our soul loathed. This light bread. That's talking about man. Yeah. You know what they're saying? They're, John, they're literally looking at the blessings that God has given them and pushing them away. And the Bible said, our soul loathed this light bread. They despise the very blessings of God. Yeah. Oh, my. I, I find no pleasure in saying this, but I've seen sinners like even when you, when, even when they look back, and you, you can all we try to point them to the fact that God has blessed them that they have breath in their body, that they have uh, the ability to be able to come to the house of God. They screw up and heard the word of God. They come to the point, John, that, that, that we see their situation in verse four, but in verse five we see their great sin. Uh, uh, they've come to the fact that they despise God and despise the man of God. Uh, and despise the very things of God. Isn't that right? Yeah. Oh my, what a sunshine. Now you say, preacher, what happens then? What happens when a man gets in that situation? So we see that situation, we see their sin. Look at me if you would, verse 6. And the Lord, 
sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Not only the situation, the sin, but notice if you would in verse 6, notice the sins. Not only Earl, were they in a bad situation. Now I want to say something right here. Bible said in Romans 3.23, for all of sin comes short of the glory of God. There, there is no, it is not a derogatory term to say that a man's a sinner. We're all sinners. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Now, let me say this. Job said, man, woman, woman's few days and full of trouble. Yeah. Is that right? We all eventually got tired of the way we live. Is that right? The problem with the children of Israel was they spoke out against God, they spoke out against the man of God. And despise the very blessing of God. Yeah. Yeah. Is right? Yeah. The longer they go, they're stiffening their necks and hardening their hearts. And yeah. eventually, let me say this the Bible says, For the Lord's not slack, so from somebody catch likeness, but as long suffering does them, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you realize this morning it is the will of God for every man, woman, boy, and girl to be saved? Yeah. That right? Yeah. And it really, John, does not have to be a complicated process. But I remember one time old, I heard an old preacher say this is nothing deep, but it, I, it stuck with me. He said, uh, if you insist on hardening your heart and sticking your neck, God's got something to fix that. Yeah. That right? That's what we're going to find here in the Bible said, so the Lord set fire and serpents among the people. And they bent the people. I said much that the congregation of Israel died. There was a sense for their rebellion. There was a sense for their sin. But sin always caused something. Isn't that right? The Bible said, for the wages of sin is what? Death. You'll find that all through Scripture. Find it here. They sinned against God. Sinned against the blessing of God. God sent fiery serpents. They bit the people. Much of the people died. Isn't that right? Yeah. Oh my, Adam sinned in the garden and by one man's disobedience sin in the world and death by sin. Isn't that right? Yeah. You and I are living this morning the penalty for Adam's sin. Well, stop. Listen, you don't have to tell a lie to be a sinner. You don't have to commit adultery to be a sinner. You don't have to commit murder to be a sinner. You don't have to drink a beer, smoke a joint, or have an in your veins to be a sinner. We're sinners by nature. We're shaping in iniquity, conceived in sin. We're born sinners. Isn't that yeah. right? Oh my, that's the children of Israel. They're sinners. They're, uh, they've rebelled against God. They're, uh, their, their sin has come. And the, the price has come. They paid for their sin. And God sent fiery serpents uh, among the people to bite the people. The Bible said much of the people died. That's their sins. What a sad thing. Now, I like over there in Romans 6 23. I quoted just a minute ago. For the wages of sin is death. If you stop, Ryan, at verse 6, that's almost like the first part of Romans 6, 23. Wages of sin is death, so God sent the fiery serpents. Get the people, must the people die. Wages of sin is death. Yeah. All right? What's what the Bible says in verse 7? The Bible says in verse 7, Therefore the people came to Moses, said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray to the Lord, and he take away the fiery serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8. And the Lord said to Moses, Make the fire serpents up on pole, shall come fast, everyone is bitten. When he looked upon it, shall leave it. Romans 6 23 said, This for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, right. eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah. Isn't that right? Oh, my, aren't you glad? Oh, I, 
told me to read this. Wait a minute before I get hit myself. We see the sins. Verse 7, listen to this. We see their sorrow. Bible said in verse 7, can I, I'll show you one little quick thing. Therefore the people came to Moses, said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray to the Lord they take away the serpents from us. And also that from us. From us. Yeah. All right. The, the people. Not Moses. The people. Alright? Watch this. Uh, verse number four. Verse number five, I'm sorry. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Alright? Yeah. The serpents were not sent to Moses, sent to the people. Alright? The people had sent. They spoke, Lydia, they not only spoke against God, they spoke against the man of God. Because of that, God had sent fiery serpents to the people. Yeah. Alright? But in verse 7, notice who they come running to. Now, I don't mean that wrong, story, but it's just how it's in the text. Notice what I, boy, I, I never tire of that. Always amazes me. I've not been able to say this. I've had people over the years run me down, trick me so awful wrong, it ain't even funny. You let calamity come to their family, and guess who the first one they call? That's right. right. All right? Verse 7, the Bible said, Therefore the people came to Moses. Yeah. All right? The people came to Moses. Said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. I'll be honest with you, I thought, I don't mean this carnally, but I thought about it. If I, if I, if I was Moses and children of Israel treating me like he had him, I'd have probably looked at him and said, just try it yourself. There, right? Well, but you find some insight. The heart of a pastor, what's what your Bible said? And Moses prayed for the people. There, right? right. I, I don't know a pastor this morning worth this all. I, you know what? Well, let me have five minutes when I get that message. You know why? You know why I'm right sometimes? And I don't think people, I really mean this from the bottom of my heart. Remember, Brother Tom was talking about this one in the road. I really don't think sometimes people understand how much a pastor loves his people. Right, yeah. I really don't think they do. And Nancy, that's why that sometimes it may not be a big thing. It may not be. Uh, it may not be then just going or just just something little. Sometimes can cut you so deep because you love them so much. Yeah, right. Is that right. And sometimes wrong. Something be said or something be done, and that that pastor can't help it. He thinks, do they not remember the time I was there when this happened? Do they not remember the time I was there when that happened? Do they not yeah. remember? That? And not, do they not know how many nights I pray for them? Do they, do they not? I'm not trying to ask for pity for them, to tell you the truth. Do they not know the times I've missed with my family to be with them when they were in a calamity? Yeah. And now, now that it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a pastor warns. I'm a real pastor warns. They wouldn't get hurt when they call and say, Preacher, I need you. Wouldn't go. Yeah. All right? You find that in the life of Moses. But I said, Moses, pray for the people. To tell you the truth, it broke Moses' heart. Even though he wasn't dealing with the serpents, I really believe that. The people spoke out against him and against God. God sent the serpents to them. And Nancy, I believe it broke his heart to see God punish the people. Is that right? So we see they're sorry. They come to Moses. That's their repentance. God sent the fiery serpents, Leona, and it woke them up. 
was not to then they realized, hey, we've done wrong. All right? Yeah. What in the verse? What in the verse seven? Therefore, the people came to Moses and we've seen it. You don't find them say that anywhere else in the text. Now you and I look at it and say they've sinned, but it took the fiery serpents, it took the penalty to make them aware of their sin. We have sinned, for we spoke against the Lord and against thee. Praying to the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. Moses prayed for the people. That's repentance. They're hiding. That now listen. I've said a lot of people. There's a, we've got this doctrine of repentance, and that is a biblical doctrine, by the way. Don't die on me when I say that. That is a biblical doctrine. You must repent for to be saved. That's right. Now, here's the thing. There's times, surely, the other day, I forget what Andrew said, uh, but I didn't even hear him. Awesome. When he come told me about it, I didn't even hear him, Jessica. But he come running up and he hugged me. He said, Daddy, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That was wrong. And I said, what did you say? And he told me. And I thought, well, if you hadn't said nothing, I wouldn't even belong to me. It wasn't like I'd gifted him into it. And I, I didn't even know what he said. That was repentance. Yeah. Right? So he, he got the bomb. And then he got sorry for what he'd done. And uh, he repented of it. Yeah. But there have been some times that they didn't repent per the, they just saw him and got caught. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, they cried, apologized, but it wasn't the fact what they done was wrong. Yeah. They was just sorry they got caught. Yeah. Oh my, I've seen some sinners like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, I mean, it wasn't the fact they realized they was a sinner. It's just the fact they sorry they got caught. Yeah. Right. But I'm gonna say something that someone may not like, but it's well, true. Yeah. Over the years, we've had some phone calls. People, uh, wives, found out their husbands were cheating on them. And, uh, boy, that, 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 they're repentant. They seem like, and I, I mean, they're just dirty, rotten sinners. They get saved. Uh, and a lot of times, I know it's not my place to judge them, but a lot of times, we're, uh, nothing ever changes. They end up in the same thing again. And I really wonder, maybe, was they repented that, or was they just sorry they got found out? Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Young as I've been called before, and mamas and daddies uh, found drugs underneath their youngest bed. Uh, boy, they seem awful repentant, but uh, there's no fruit, and then they end up doing it again. I wonder sometimes, are they repentant, but are they just sorry they got caught? Oh, yeah. Children of Israel repent. They come to Moses and we've seen against you, against God, and you go to God for us and ask him to spare us. Uh, they will repent. Kenny made a statement this morning during Sunday school that uh, the day he got saved, he said, I don't know what you prayed, but I do know I begged him to save me. You know why? Uh, he realized he's a sinner. He repented. Uh, realized it was he was not worthy to be saved. Uh, and he repented of his sin and begged God uh, to save him. Isn't that right? They had stiffened their neck and hardened their heart. Now they've come to the Lord with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. They're broken hearted over their sin. So we say they're sorry. Then notice, if you would, the symbolism. Now we're going to keep you placed here in Numbers 21. We're coming back. But there's some things, you know how I, I love to preach types. I love to preach typology. And there's some things that are an inferred type. We can look at it and infer that it's a type of Christ. But this is not the case here in the text. Tell me if you would, John chapter 3. I'll tell you exactly what this brazen serpent is a type of. Verse 8, while you're turning, verse 8 said, The Lord said to Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. 
said upon the cold, it should come past it. Everyone that is bit when he looks upon it shall live. Now you say, preacher, what's that a type of? John chapter 3, verse 14. I'm about done. John chapter 3, verse 14. Notice what you, I hear some pages rustling. I want you to see. John chapter 3 and verse number 14. John chapter 3, verse number 14. Bible said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, you say, preacher, what do you, what do you mean by that? We understand here in John, John 3, Christ is having his dialogue with Nicodemus. John 3, 16, very familiar. You know the God so loved the world that he gave only God's Son, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But right before that, sure. Now, Nicodemus, the Bible said, was a master in Israel. He was acquainted with the Old Testament. Jesus pulls from the Old Testament. I had a man one time tell me, uh, you are not take the Old Testament and preach a type of Christ. That, that, uh, that, that, that belittled Christ. And I, I, I said, well, you somebody needs to tell the Lord because he did it all the time. What Jesus tells him is, he says, uh, you remember how Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness uh, had the and Nicodemus would have been familiar with that, and he would have known that they'd sinned. Then God sent judgment. And, oh my, I'm about to come slap on there. God sent judgment. And, and then they repented and was repenting of their sin. And, and God instructed Moses to make a fiery serpent, a brazen serpent, if you would. Had to sit upon a pole. And, oh my, aren't you glad for that? I'm getting ahead of myself, but aren't you glad? And, if Moses just had it up, they might have been something not to see. And, uh oh, my, but he had it set on a pole, had lifted up so that all could see. Had was instructed to tell the people, look, uh, and live. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah. Jesus said, even as Moses lifted up the fiery serpent of the wilderness, uh, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Uh, he said, one place I'll be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Uh, but the symbolism of the fiery serpent, it's a picture and a type of Christ uh, uh, that paid, that was the cure for our sin, uh, for the punishment of our sin. Yeah. Watch this. You say, preacher, what's so good about that? Uh, we see the symbolism. He uh, lifted up. Now I will say this. Uh, the children of Israel uh, over in is it John 14? Where's it at, kid, where he's talking about Mary? John 14. Is it not John 14, is it? What are you talking about the bread of life? You know what I'm talking about. John. Now, Jesus said, Your father did eat man in the wilderness every day. Is that right? Yeah. But I am the bread of life. That's right. Oh, my. Can I say this? Then that fiery serpent was a temporary fix. Yeah. All right. Those that had been bitten looked up at the fiery serpent and they lived, but wrong, they eventually died. Watch what your Bible said in John 3 15. Where's that? Let me read it. John chapter 3, verse 15. The Bible said, uh, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What a temporary fix. Uh, is a term fix, isn't that right? Oh my, can I say this? He's far greater than the fairy serpent. Uh, while it does point us to Christ, and while it does foreshadow what is to come, I bet he's far better than the type, aren't you? Uh, it was a temporary fix. It was an eternal fix with Christ. Let me show you a few things quickly. There's several we can look at, but if you'll bear with me, 
I, I, I got to hurry. If you'll bear with me, I'll show you just a few and I'll quit. Notice with me in, in there in uh, uh, Numbers 21, if you'll turn back there with me this morning, verse number 8. Notice with me a few things about this symbolism. Notice with me, if you would, the lifting. The Bible said the Lord said to Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. I told you a minute ago, it was lifted up. Jesus said, uh, if I'm to be lifted up, I draw all men out of myself. Uh, it must be lifted up, suspended between heaven and earth. What a foreshadowing. Aren't you glad this morning that uh, he was lifted up? Kenny was talking about uh, worship and how that we aren't to exalt him. There's a lot of different things said about worship and praise and different things. And uh, But however it's done, I think it'll be done decently in order. I think it ought to be done scripturally. Uh, but I've heard people say, well, if you didn't cry, you wasn't worshiping. I don't know how you get that in scripture. I've heard people say, if you, uh, if you didn't break out in goosebumps and uh, what is it they call it? Holy Ghost goosebumps or whatever. Well, I think what that could be, you could be sitting inside a van. Yeah. <laughs> now, no, I don't fall out with me. I'm all for feeling something. Yeah. I believe any faith without feeling is dead. Yeah. But he didn't require us to feel something in order to praise. Right. Right. Could be. I've heard people say, well, if your, if your stomach don't get all tied up and not, so I'll tell you what to do. Uh, Lord God, don't do this. It's just an example. But all of you go down here to Chili Rojo and get you, tell me you want the spiciest thing on the menu. And I guarantee tonight we'll have a good service because everybody's stomach's going to be at night. Is that right? Uh, uh, it could just be what you eat. Uh, but listen, here we're going to see. Our praise should lift him up. Isn't that right? That's what happened there. Uh, the Bible said that he told Moses to sit it on a pole to lift it up so that others could see. You may tell you want to help a church, want to help a sinner. It's not a goosebump, and it's not even a tear. Do you know that? It's somebody lifting him up every time you testify, every time you sing, every time you pray. Oh my, can I just preach a little while? What you wear, what you do, how you conduct yourself. Everything ought to be lifting him up. When a sinner walks through the doors, they ought to see him. Not you, isn't that right? Uh, ought to lift him up. They ought to see a difference. Uh, they ought to exalt and magnify and lift up the Lord. That's what he told Moses to set it on a pole and lift it up for all the people to see. Isn't that right? Now, here's what we see. <coughs> Moses was not being bit by the snakes. Didn't we say that? Moses was the one lifting it up. Oh my, as a church, it ought to be our desire to lift him up. Yeah. There's sinners all around us dying and going to hell under the penalty of sin. They've been bent at this certain death. I told you a minute ago, it's a death sentence. The wages of sin is death. God help how we ought to lift him up for others to see. Isn't that right? So we see the lifting. Then those of them, if you would, the love. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? What's what your Bible said, verse 8? I said, Lord said, most make thee a fiery serpent set upon a pole. Now watch this. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bit. What about that? Every one. John 3.16 said it like this. For God so loved the world that whosoever. Now, I said this before, so I've heard me say it, but I'm going to say it one more time. I've heard people all my life, if you've said this, don't fall out with me, I've probably said it too. But I've heard preachers all my life say, 
You take that word whosoever and take it out. Put your name there. So for example, we could say, for God so loved the world. I forgot. That's my mind. Somebody hit from God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right. That Michelle Fett believes on him. Yeah. Should not matter. My problem is this. I Googled one time John Chris Potter. Hundreds of them. So finally I Googled Christopher David And there's a little Chinese fella over Hong Kong from a great old big skyscraper. That's his name. You Google his name is Christopher David Potter. Google Earl Asenfeld down in Texas. Standing in front of a long horn cat. And they're the one I make name. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. And so Kirk, if it is say, for God so loved the world that he gave on God's son, that if Christopher David lived on him, he should not I'd have to be scratching my head this morning. Wonder if he's talking about me or the fellow in Hong Kong right. or the fellow in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. But because it said whosoever, right. oh my. Because it said whosoever, I know it means me. Yeah. Hat fell in Hong Kong, yeah. hat fell in Texas, uh, so many others there might be. Yeah. You and you and you yeah. and you and you. Uh, had some little boy outside of mud hut half that means he had a somebody who just got born and had already more money than I've ever seen means he had a somebody has no education that means he had a somebody that has the highest education that means he had a it means whosoever could not be said any better than for God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten side that whosoever could not be said any better here in our text the Old Testament version of that. The Bible said, let me read it so that I don't mess it up. The Bible said, verse number 8, there in that middle portion, the Bible said, said, Lord, Paul, it should come to pass that everyone that is big. So what Moses was instructed by the Lord was this. If they've been one bit, it's a death sentence. But no matter who they are in the camp of Israel, everyone, if they look at that circle, they'll leave. Yeah. Isn't that love? Now remember, Moses, oh my, can I say this? I was kind of harsh a minute ago. You know what Moses is the man of God to do? He's supposed to show the people the heart of God. They come to Moses and ask him to pray for them. The Bible said Moses prayed for the people. Right. Now Moses was not the only one they'd sinned against. I said they'd sinned against the Lord and Moses. Yeah. Oh my, they sinned against God. Yet God made a way for them to look in the camera. What love. Not yeah. just some. Not just a few. Not just a select ones. But everyone. Right. The right. New Testament word of that would be whosoever. Yeah. Alright? The love. We see the lifting. We see the love. Most of them, if you would, I've heard. I'm about done. I promise. But I we see the lifting and the love. The women of that part of verse 8. Bible said. Everyone is bitten. When he looketh upon it, notice the looking. Oh my, when he looketh upon it. Let me tell you what had to happen there. The Bible said God sent fiery serpents and they bit the people. All right? 
Now you imagine, see, the Bible said that they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. You imagine seeing people dying all around you, knowing there's a death sentence in yourself. Human nature, Kurt, would be to do everything you could to survive. Right. All right. You know what it took? I'm not saying it's hard, but it took dancing faith. It took taking your hands off of it. Quit trying to fix it yourself. Quit worrying about your situation. Quit worrying about your surroundings. Quit worrying about those around you. And John, it's so simple. All they had to do was look at that brazen serpent. Is that right? I mean, on the authority of the Word of God, everyone that looked Shall live. Right. Oh my, but it took some faith. Quit trying to fix it themselves and look to you. That right? Tell you what sinners struggle with. That's not the fact of realizing they're a sinner. That's really not that hard, by the way, to realize you're a sinner. Is that right? It's certainly not the price. The price has already been paid. The problem is letting go of it yourself. Quit trying to fix it yourself. Right. Quit trying to clean yourself up. Quit trying to stop the bleeding yourself. Quit trying to stop the poison yourself. Right. They had to look. Had to stop what they were. You listen. Let's say they got bit in the leg, right? They you can't look at your leg and look up at him. Right. Is that right? Yeah. They had to have faith, the trust that God had said, "If you'll look, you'll live." They take their eyes off of themselves, trying to fix themselves. Look at where they are. Same thing with the same. I see it, see it almost weekly in my life world. Sinners that just cannot let go of it themselves. Yeah. They just can't quit trying to fix it themselves. They just can't let go and put their faith in Him. Right. I'm going to put a bold statement, but it's true. You'll never get saved. You let go of it yourself. Trust him. They're right to look him. Then know some if you would. Verse 8, the life. The Bible said that everyone that looketh shall live. What a promise. That right? Death sins. All those dying around them. You realize there were some, no doubt, that died just simply because they wouldn't look. Right. Bible still said, by grace, through faith. Yeah. Alright? The grace was when God told Moses sent to the fiery circle on the pole. That was grace. Alright? Well, I rephrase it. When, when God told Moses to make a fiery circle, that was mercy. Yeah. Alright? Right. Grace was when he said, set on a pole so everybody can see. Yeah. Alright? But faith. Was when they looked. Right, right. Is that right? And salvation was when they lived. I heard a man one time, I didn't understand this, I was lost, a little boy at Cherry Hill. I heard a preacher say this. A boy blew my mind. He, he had been preaching this for maybe four or five years, just been saved six or seven. But Lydia, he was probably, I don't know, he, he at the time, I figured he was probably 70 years old, so he probably used to. I just a little old feeble. You know, I didn't start looking like a lot younger. So yeah. probably 50. Somewhere between 50 and 70. I know it's a broad range. 
Couldn't even tell you his name. But he told us that morning that he'd been saved for maybe six years, preaching for five or something like that. And he said, he made the statement, he said, I never started living until six years ago. Boy, that blew my mind. Yeah. That blew my mind. I thought, what in the world is this man talking about? But you know what he meant? Until he got saved. Right. Through the cost of death sentence yeah. on his life. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Right. Constantly a death sentence. Yeah. Constant condemnation. The wages of sin is death. Right. Yeah. Is that right? You ever, I know this is awful, we wouldn't say it normally in this setting, but you ever been to somebody in the hospital or nursing home? And I have, I'll be honest, I have. I've walked out and looked at my wife and said, they just look like death. Yeah. They're alive. But you dead is just matter time. You realize that's what old sinner looks like. They're alive somewhat. Well, back out they get back, Paul said, You were dead. They're dead. They're just dead. They walk around physically, but spiritually, they're dead. Oh, my, but you remember that day you got saved? Yeah. All of a sudden, that penalty, that, that condemnation rolled off. I've heard people say, I don't like to talk much about stuff like this because I feel like sometimes maybe kids get confused or whatever. But I've heard people talk about how it feels to get saved. I don't know how it feels to get saved. I'd say it feels different for everybody. But I, I will say this. You know what I remember? I've heard people say the sky was bluer and the grass was greener. I don't know if it was or not. It's dark. When I got saved, might have been. I don't know. But I do know this. If I could explain it, here's how I'd say it. As a seven-year-old boy, I felt like the weight of the world had come off my back. Right. You know what that was? That condemnation. Mm-hmm. That death sentence. They're not. They're not. Aren't you? They, they shall live. Now that's one. I told you a minute ago. John 3 16 says, shall have our everlasting life. One of these days, Lord, if I, if, it, if I go by the grave, one of these days, some of you will walk by my casket. And it may be selfish, but I hope it ain't many of you. <laughs> one of these days they'll walk by my casket this earthly body will be laid down but I'll not be dead right. Yeah. everlasting life what a promise you say this musicians will end this on real 